This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the Blues Focus podcast with today's guest. I'm glad to be joined by, again, Zach Woods. Yeah, hello everyone. Good to be back. Nice to be uh, back in podcast flow. Indeed. And uh, making his debut appearance on the Blues Focus podcast this evening is the newest member of the team, uh, Mr. Sam Sheppy. Good evening, mate. How are you? Yeah, good evening. Good evening. I'm all good, thanks. Uh, nice to be here because I've done uh, yeah, a couple of videos already. But yeah, good to get going now on the uh, podcast. I know. He said two videos in, he's already on the podcast. He's, uh, he's <laughs> yeah, going places, yeah, yeah. this kid. Got, well, well, Jamie is living it up in Spain at the moment, so... He's been putting a home, hasn't he? No, JK, he's not been putting a home. <laughs> we, 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 oh, that, was, that, that didn't like... Tommy edited that out, that, that joke. <laughs> it's staying in, it's staying in. <laughs> You've ruined yourself there, mate. See, it doesn't work. The old jokes don't work unless he's here because he gets annoyed and then that's yeah, what there's some when he's not here, it? there's no one to get annoyed, so... <laughs> yeah, we should explain why Jamie is absent. He's uh, currently in Spain on holiday. Um, he couldn't have waited, like, one more week just when we all go on to, uh, to Spain for the week, could he? But no, um, probably because he doesn't want to spend a week with me and my brother. But yeah, uh, we've got a good standing in time, though. We've got Sam, so it's going to be a good podcast. And we've got a bloody lot to talk about. So uh, where do we begin? I suppose the best way of sort of talking about things is probably not a blues-related thing, but just as a, a nice, nice note to start off with, uh, Jude Bellingham to Real Madrid. It was quite a while ago this was, but uh, lads thoughts on it so how do you feel about it yeah I think it's uh fantastic for Jude since leaving Blues we obviously want to see him get to the highest level win the Ballon d'Or win the Champions League do everything that we know Jude can do um, I think the move to Dortmund when he was at Blues uh, was very exciting at the time we thought oh this is great but there was always although we saw what a fantastic player he is and was and still is uh, there was always that element of doubt you know he's still only 16 will he you know go on and and play at the very highest level and a few years later he's proved he's more than capable of that so yeah so exciting for him I think Real Madrid was the right move for him um, I think yeah Premier League option could have worked out well as well but I think you know just get a few more years playing football abroad and and see what happens in four or five years time but no it's so exciting for him and it's thoroughly deserved as well different football culture I imagine out there as well so it'll be different for him again to get used to like um, different ways of playing different cultures different language to learn again different food you know he's 
broaden its horizons. Oh god, me back with my terrible f- phrases. I never know them properly. <laughs> Different things. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the phrase is. <laughs> I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, different culture. Yeah, Yeah, he's basically, he's not been stuck in England from being an English player, basically. And I think that's a great thing, really. I mean, like, we don't see it very often. And for him to go to two different clubs in two different places before he even gets back to the Premier League and smashes it there, it's going to be amazing for him. And considering he's only just turned 20 as well, like, it's absolutely sensational. Uh, Sam, what do you think to the signing? Yeah, I mean, I echo what both of you say. Like, I just think the fact that Jude's decided to go to Real Madrid, you know, probably the biggest club in the world, shows his uh, ambition and where he wants to go with his career and everything. And uh, I think it's a really brave step to go abroad again because, as you said, you know, the fact that he's been already to Germany and then now to Spain, you know, he's really well-travelled. And I think for someone that's still sort of, you know, just coming out of being a teenager, like, it's just fantastic and uh, sets a perfect example, I think, of uh, sort of, yeah, the Birmingham qualities that he now seems to be spreading across Europe. And uh, in his interviews, he always just seems so grounded. Like you saw his uh, first interview at Real Madrid. And uh, yeah, it just seemed like sort of a really great guy. And uh, I just think, yeah, the way that he spoke and, you know, with, with some British players that go over to Real Madrid, you know, sometimes with Bale and Michael Owen, like at times it got a bit, you know, sceptical of them too, didn't it? With the uh, media getting onto their backs. But hopefully uh, Jude has enough talent to sort of, get those doubts away from him and uh, yeah I really hope he uh, does well and all the best to him yeah I think similarly with um, Michael Owen and David Beckham I think Jude is so much more actually no I think Jude is just a likeable character so I feel like people want him to do well just from the get-go anyway Um, Mm. I think was was six million pounds I think we've got out of the bid from the uh, sell-on clauses um, which obviously is going to help out with financial fair play Um, but yeah, he went for a total of eighty-eight point five million pounds with uh, add-ons as well, which makes him. Uh, don't think it, it, it did make him the most expensive English player or British player um, at the time. But I think with um, Mason Mounds, is it who's Declan gone Rice, to Declan Rice? That's it. Yes, yeah. um, who's gone to Arsenal for what is one hundred and twenty? Was it one hundred and twenty million? Like yeah, it's, it's an awful lot of money. Yeah, yeah just he, over one hundred. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just he's he was the most expensive one until De- uh, Declan Rice um, signed for Arsenal the other day. So um, still an amazing transfer. And I think he's only one in seven players who's uh, seven English players who's ever played for Real Madrid as well. So that's another record that's just yeah. mind-boggling. That's insane. Yeah, Considering he was a St Andrews yeah. as well a couple of years before. The so. amount he's achieved at 19 is, is just a joke, isn't it? He's played championship football for a season, a couple of seasons at Dortmund. And, and now on to Real Madrid, and he, you know, he's and he's on the because I think Tommy at school he would have been our year, wouldn't he? And even then, he's on like the younger side of the year. So he, like yeah. the fact he's he's because he's just turned no, sorry, he's just turned twenty, hasn't he? Yeah, it's just um, turned twenty. So the, the amount he's achieved at, at the age of twenty is is just ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know what year because I I remember him playing a year above when he in those documentaries they say he always plays a year above. Um, but he was born in June of 2003, so he would have been out a year, yes, because it's August is the yeah. cut-off points, isn't it, in the education system. How old are you, Sam? Mm. I actually haven't asked. I'm 22. Oh, right, OK. So, so yeah, a couple been, yeah. of school years above you, yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. I mean, obviously, with Jude, it's just remarkable to still consider how young he is. I mean, like, was he 16 when he first scored for Blues against Stoke? He was, yeah, he was. yeah, yeah, he was. he was. Yeah, yeah he was, yeah, Came on at, yeah, when he made his debut against Portsmouth, he was 16 years and a month, I think. So God. it's just unbelievable, isn't it? And then, yeah, that Stoke game, we'll, uh, we'll all never forget, I'm sure. Incredible. 
Yeah, happened literally right in front of me as well. It was absolutely yeah, insane. Same here. <laughs> um, but yeah, also on the same day, uh, Joe Bellingham, obviously played for us, uh, got sold to Sunderland for uh, I think it was a maximum of three million pounds, wasn't it? In mm. the end. Um, but yeah, what's the thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen a few different figures circulate around, but it seems to be yeah, like sort of round about the one point five two million pound mark, and I think. Um, Obviously, people outside of the Birmingham circle look at him going to Sunderland and go, oh, yeah, why is he going to Sunderland? It doesn't really seem like a sort of move for a player like him. But you'll see the Birmingham fans know about the hierarchy at Sunderland and who's in charge mm. of the academy. You've got Mike Dodds there and you've got Christian Speakman, who's uh, the hierarchy at Sunderland. Both used to work at Birmingham. And I think, obviously, them two would have had a huge say in uh, Joe making the move to Sunderland. And um, I think, yeah, 17 years of age, like he's still very, very young. I mean, obviously, the surname people will compare him to Jude straight away. And I think that's a tag that he perhaps couldn't get rid of at Birmingham. And I think he comes under extra scrutiny because of his surname. And I think that's a bit harsh, to be honest. Like, he's still a very young player. And I think at Sunderland, you know, I, I wish him all the best because you see some stuff on Twitter where it's some people saying, oh, yeah, going to boo Joe when he gets to St. Yeah, Andrews or whatever. But I, I don't really agree with that. You know, he's, he's still a kid and uh, he's still got so much to learn in the game and good luck to him. Mm. Yeah, no, I think you summed that up perfectly, pretty much. I think, uh, yeah, I saw a lot of people saying that they're happy to see him go and take the money. And, you know, I, I see both sides. I see, I think Job did very well in the, in the few games he was called upon last season. Um, he had a few quieter games, but I think certainly towards the end of the season, he was showing signs of, you know, the type of player he could become. Um, but I get both sides of the story. I see why people are happy with the two million pounds or however much it is coming because it can be reinvested into the squad in other areas. Personally, I said it last time and I'll say it again, I'm a little disappointed that Job's gone, to be honest, because as you say, Sam, 17, still so young, you know, in yeah. five years time, you know, he's, he's only he's still only 22. He's still an incredibly young player. Um, so who knows where his career is going to go? I mean, time will only tell whether it was the right or wrong decision. I would have loved Job to stay um, just because I think the likes of him and, and the, the players who are still here, George Hall, Alfie Chang, all those, like, I think are the future of Blues. So to lose one of them, I do think is disappointing, but I also see why people are happy with the money because it's going to be reinvested, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose because like I think in this window, I think we knew that we were going to lose one of the young players, unfortunately. Mm. And it looks like now, if uh, sort of Joe Bellingham goes, which he has, then hopefully we'll be able to keep a hold of George Hall because there's a lot of interest in him, which I'm sure we'll get on to. But um, yeah, I I'm sure like a lot of Birmingham fans are like gutted to lose a young player that's one of our own, I guess, you know, someone that's come through the academy. And these are the players that we really want to sort of focus the rebuild around. And uh, yeah, I'm sad to see him go, but then I can also agree with, yeah, Zach saying that, you know, we've got the money now and we can reinvest that into other parts of our team. So, yeah. Do you think he's going to work at Sunderland? Hmm. I'll, I'll leave that one to you, Zach. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a good question. Um, yes, I, 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 it's so tricky, isn't it? Because who knows? Yeah. He he is only seventeen. It depends on the amount of game time he gets. Yeah, I can't tell you exactly, but I remember seeing a few weeks back a few signings Sunderland have made and thinking they're looking strong this season. And I can't exactly yeah. remember who, but I, I just remember seeing that Sunderland was certainly strengthening their squad. Whether he gets much game time or not, I don't know. As we, it's such a tricky one to know where Job, Job's career is going to go because it is unfair to compare him to Jude because they are two different players, regardless if they share the same name. Um, but if I had to give you an answer, will it work for Job at Sunderland? Whether it works at Sunderland, I don't know, but I think he will go on and have a good career because at 17, he was, you know, he started a few games for Blues. He was coming on for Blues. 
forget he's a Bellingham. You know, he's 17 years old playing in the championship. That's a good sign, isn't it? So I think Job's going to go on and whether that's at Sunderland or another club, I'm not sure. But I think he'll, he'll go on and become a very good footballer because he, for me, he was showing the signs, particularly uh, towards the end of the season. Hmm. Well, here's a question for you, Sam, that you could probably answer a little bit more comfortably. Do you think that Tyler Roberts is going to succeed at the Blues? Um, well, it's one of them ones where we've sort of been in this situation before where we've got someone in and it's like, you know, a player that has had championship experience, you know, had a couple of clubs in the championship and uh, yeah, we've sort of taken a chance on him. It, I mean, £500,000 looks to be the fee. Mm. I think it's a really good fee like for someone sort of um, his age as well, with like a lot of experience to gain and also had a lot of experience as well. And um, I think Roberts is really going to fit into what Eustace is trying to do next season where I think we're going to become more of a sort of like pressing team and really pressing from the front. And something that a lot of Leeds fans say about Tyler Roberts is they never doubt his energy. And I think that's something that Blues fans are going to see. And I think um, the fact that sort of he is like that energetic player and will sort of like press from the front. Um, I could see it working in that aspect. I mean, whether he's going to deliver the goals or not is the million dollar question, isn't it? Because we've been needing a goal scorer for a very long time. But yeah, um, yeah that remains the question. And uh, yeah, I really hope uh, Roberts does well. And I think he will do well in the fact that he'll get a starting place in the team, but whether he can hold on to that, we'll see. Yeah, interesting that we're going to develop, perhaps develop more of a attacking threat and more of a, a pressing from the front threat, like you said, which is very Leeds-like, isn't it? Because that is what Tyler Roberts yeah. was in that team for. Um, I think the interesting thing with Roberts as well, that he does have championship experience, but he has successful championship experience. You know, he's actually witnessed a promotion, doesn't he? He's been in a he team has. where he's been fighting towards the top. He's had some pretty nasty times with Leeds as well. Le- losing in that um, semi-final to Derby County must have been like soul-destroying mm-hmm. for him. So he's had his knocks, but he's been promoted. He got promoted the season after. So I think it's the top signing, really. The only thing, and I'll ask, you, I'll ask this to you, Zach, is his injuries, how much of an issue is that going to cause? Yeah, you always take a risk when you're taking on an injury-prone player. Um, It it depends whether he can just stay fit this season. I know he had a lot of problems when he was at Leeds Um, injury-wise. I'm praying they don't continue because... I'm quite excited by the signing of Tyler Roberts in terms of I think he brings a bit of pace into the side. He seems quite versatile. I think he can play on the wings or attacking midfield as well as up front. Um, so he just offers something. Player, yeah. yeah, he offers something a little bit different, I think. So I hope he can stay fit. I'm going to be really nerdy now. Before this podcast, I got the stats of all up all these players. Um, I'm partial to a stat. <laughs> I am. I am partial to a stat. But I mean, he got four goals last season. Uh, in 20 games he was obviously with QPR last year wasn't he so um mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a uh, I've seen a f- the majority of the opinions on Tyler Roberts seem fairly positive I've seen a few people ask a few questions but I think for 500 grand which seems about the fee as you said Sam um I don't think we can complain too much really it's it, it is a risk it's always a risk taking on players who maybe haven't performed in pre- previous seasons and are slightly injury prone um, but I think for 500,000 pounds Give him a shot, as you said, a versatile attacking player. Um, bring something a little bit different to the side. Has had successful stints in the Championship previously, going up with Leeds. Um, so I'm excited for it. Yeah, give him a go. Yeah, of course. Um, the next player in the transfer uh, window that we signed was Koji Miyoshi. Uh, first Japanese player to ever play for Blues. I, I think that's right. Although I did see a tweet that went around. I'm not entirely sure if it's true or not. That... Um, we did have a player who was English, but was born in Tokyo. I think that I saw that going around on Twitter. I didn't really mm. pick up on it very well. 
Um, but yeah, do you know he, which player? He, I you know really name? don't know. I was in work at the time. I, literally, when the announcement uh, went out, um, I literally i i was i was in work at the time, so I didn't really know what I was what I was looking at, whether it was uh, whether it was real or whether it's just <laughs> someone fannying about or something. I don't know, but um, don't really know much about this guy aside from the fact that um, wherever he was playing in Germany, he was rated highly. Did they win something this season as well? Yeah, so he was playing, I think, in uh, Belgium with Antwerp and they won the um, oh, Belgian yes. Pro League on the final day. And um, yeah, I, I think this signing is, is brilliant. Like you, you look at the fact that he's got uh, two years now uh, playing the Conference League and Europa League as well. You know, that shows that he's, he's some player if, he, if he's playing in Europe. And uh, I think it's another one that adds, adds energy. You look at his age as well, he's mid-20s. Uh, he's still got sort of a lot of time to um, play and prove himself. And uh, yeah, another sort of uh, winger is an option. I mean, we'll get onto it about the future of uh, Teeth Chong, but if, if he was to depart, then obviously we've got another winger now as like a replacement. But yeah, I, I just think um, Miyoshi is a good one going forward. And um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he gets on. Mm. Zach, thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I, I very much agree with Sam. It's nice to have something a bit different again to come to the team. Um, we need pace. We've been crying out for pace for years and hopefully Miyoshi can bring some of that pace. I'll be honest, I haven't seen him play football prior to coming to Blues at all. I'm sure we've all seen that clip of his beautiful touch um, down the left-hand side. Have you guys seen that? I saw it circulating mm. Twitter. Yeah, it was doing the rounds, there. wasn't it? He is now unreal. So if he can be doing that week in, week out, I am more than happy with Miyoshi. <laughs> but no, overall, it looks a good signing. It's It'll be interesting to see what he can bring to the team. As I said, I think it'll be a lot of speed and hopefully quite a skillful player. Um, but yeah, I think overall it's, it's it's looking positive. Japanese international too, and considering how good Japan yeah. were in the group stage of the last World Cup, you know he could offer something big. You know he didn't play; you don't think he played any games in the um, in the actual World Cup. But you know, I mm. think the level that we could possibly expect could be of a high standard. Yeah, um, I mean, he played yeah. in the Europa Conference League qualifiers, I believe. With um, was that with Antwerp or let me have a look? Because uh, it should I think come so, up here. Yeah. Yeah, last season he played in the uh, Conference League qualifi- uh, qualifiers um, five times and got three assists. So I'll stop with the stats now, but I do like a stat. And if he's contrib- if he's contributing goals and assists in European football, then we should be on to a positive stats. A yeah, yeah, very positive. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was also the first player to be announced with the new uh, undefeated sponsor on the training gear too. Um, which was interesting. So um, if rumours are speculating around to be true, um, they are the new front of shirt sponsor for next season. So no more Boyle Sports, um, no more front of shirt um, gambling sponsors as well. Interestingly enough, Chelsea had, um, was it Stake or was it Skate? I can't remember which way it is now. It's like the... Uh, Stake, I think it is. Stake, yeah. Mm. Yeah, oh, of course, Stake is in Stake bet, my bad. <laughs> fucking idiot sometimes honestly <laughs> it's alright um, Tommy it's been a few weeks mate <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back into the flow in a few weeks time um, but yeah they've had their sponsor change now because of their supporter groups have decided against this so um, yeah it's going to be interesting for football in general just to see how much that gains momentum over the time um, because it's starting to make big news obviously with Ivan Tony mm. making his um, um, betting issues public mm. as well Um Although, on the other hand, I don't really know who Undefeated are. Are they an American sneaker brand? Because I'd have no... Let, let me have a look. So, sure. is, it, is it... Yeah. I, I saw something saying they had like two it's million no followers online or something. So, they're a pretty big company. But yeah, I yeah. suppose like where we are, not so big. 
Yeah, I think actually, you're right, Tommy. Yeah. I go on the website and all I'm seeing is sneakers. So yeah, an, an American sneaker brand, uh, uh, or it looks like, just looks like a store that sells sneakers. I don't think they have their own brand of shoe, but no, I think they are. Yeah, they've um, they have got two million followers. You're right, Sam, on uh, yeah. Instagram. Yeah, they look like. Um... Although they do have a couple of brand ones, they have a few workings with uh, Converse and Adidas and those sort mm. of things. So yeah, I mean it's interesting, that's for sure. It's not a brand that we've really been associated with before in that sort of stand. We've always had betting companies, we've always had investment companies, we've never really had this before. Mm. So it'll be interesting. I mean, yeah. obviously we had Hero Clothing, but that wasn't really a sponsor. Really, in the end, it was mostly yeah. just. Paul Richardson messing about with whatever he was doing. I have yeah, no idea. Thank I God mean, that didn't happen in the end, honestly. <laughs> that would have been a disaster. I think yeah, it, um, yeah. Go on, Sam. No, I was just gonna say, like, um, just sort of this time last year, wasn't it? Round about this time last year, yeah. it looked yeah. to be that they were the people taking over and there was the whole interview in the car park, and it just looked a bit dodgy from that, really, didn't it? It wasn't didn't really seem official even then. So they kind of got stuck yeah. up, didn't they? Somebody had obviously tipped off the press that they were going to be there on the day. So they just showed up and just asked them a load of awkward questions. So it was the yeah. bit like, uh, what do we do from it? But yeah, it was. it's interesting, isn't it? And obviously now with the um, Wagner and the um, Jeremy Dale consortium, it looks much more official now, doesn't it? It looks Definitely. it looks firmer, doesn't it? That's for sure. It's like the... It's like the new sign of the American investment, isn't it? Sort of, you look at undefeated American brand, and then now the American owners coming in. Yeah, it's like the first sign of them working together, really. If only an American centre back could join us as well, that would be brilliant. Yes, that would be, that would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. Oh, hint, hint. Um, player after that, God, we've got a lot of player signings, honestly, we really do. We've been off the air for too long. Um, Christian Bielik, Sam, this was your first video, so do you want to walk yeah. us through um, what your thoughts on the signing was? Yeah, so I think this transfer is probably the most important one that's happened so far. If, if you look at last season, the role that Bielik had to play in the team, just sort of gluing everything together. It's something I said in my video that, you know, it really depends on how we play next season. If we look to sort of employ this free at the back system with a holding midfielder, Bielik is the perfect guy for that because he's already played in that system. And um, I just think out of the players we've got, no one really apart from Bielik can sort of do that. So I just think it's really important to get him in for that reason. And you sort of look at the fact that, you know, few years ago when Derby signed him they signed him for 10 million pounds which is just astonishing God, money and you look, now we can get that, him for under yeah. a million it's, it's like over time and he, he's not even that old as well like it, it seems to be that sort of the injuries have depreciated his value but I think still he's a quality player when he stays fit and he stayed fit last season for more or less most of the season I know he had a wobbly patch after the World Cup but the whole team did and um, I think yeah this is the best transfer so far I would argue had he didn't, had he not have so many injuries, he would be a Premier League player now. Because mm. I think his talent is up there. His standard is definitely up there. I think injuries I are just saying back over time. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. A bit of a trip down memory lane. And Tommy, you might remember this better than me because you're very, very good when it comes to past Blues games. But I remember his first stint at Blues when he was about 19, 18, 19, 20 years old. Um, and I think it was, I think it was the Wolves away game um, did we win 2-1 that day where Paul did, Robinson yeah. got sent off? And yeah, if I'm mistaken yeah. or not, either Bielik started or he came on. I can't remember. But I remember that night, I think Bielik, I think that was the game where I, I, I remember Bielik playing quite a pivotal part and thinking yeah. at the time, this because he was at Arsenal at the time, yeah. I thought to myself, this lad's a very good player. I'd like him to stay. Obviously didn't, uh, moved around a few different clubs. But now that he's finally our player, mm. I'm 
so, so happy. As you said, Sam, he was so pivotal last season um, and just what he brings to the Blues squad, just to have that out-and-out holding, no-nonsense midfielder who just wins the balls in the middle of the park and to, can take us forward yet. So it's, it, you're right in saying it's the most important signing of the window so far. Yeah, and uh, back to that Wolves game, I'm trying to think of it now. I think he came on as a sub for when he Robinson did, yeah. got sent yeah, off. It's, that's, yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. yeah so, he, um... And I remember just thinking then he was a brilliant player, mm. so... You're right. Yeah, he came on for Gardner after Robinson got sent off, obviously. Because yeah. didn't he punch him yeah. on the floor or something like that? He just yeah, exactly. like a slide tackle, and there was a bit of afters, and he got sent off afterwards. And uh, yeah, that's what Paul Robinson does. We love him. Hang on for dear life. One of the only did wins they... on the zone. I think there's two of them. And that was one of them. <laughs> did, did Davis score twice that day? Was it Davis who got them both? No, no. Davis got the second one, which I fucking. Uh... I jumped so high to celebrate that goal. I hit my <laughs> yeah, head so off the ceiling. I. Honestly, it was incredible. <laughs> I, I must have jumped off the table the first, and then right? not the was top. Was it yeah. got yeah. the first one, yeah. Because what's his face? Yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Is it Akimi? He comes out and tries to catch it and he drops it. And then Oh, yeah. I, I think he could have been... Uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think both goals he potentially could have prevented. But, yeah, there you go. Who cares? We got the win and I'm over. That's one of my favourite Blues games ever. That, that was so. wicked, But, yeah, yeah. I, I just remember Bielik being fantastic that evening. So, um, yeah, the fact he's now our player and, as you said, still so young as well. It feels like Bielik's been around for years, but he's still mm. only, what, 24, 25? 24, I think, um, yeah. 24. So, yeah, just to have a, have, have a player, yeah, 25, it says here. So, to have a player that That's important... Okay, yeah. Uh, that we can now call ours is is yeah amazing. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic signing, and you consider the ones we've had before. So we've got Tyler Roberts, Koji Miyoshi, Christian Bielik, and then the next few ones we bring in as well. So we've got Ethan Laird is the next signing, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. We've got Kevin Long yeah. on a free, um, so that's another decent addition. Um, I was amazed to see that he was on the uh, what was it the release list or the, whatever it was at the end of the season. Um, but obviously we've rectified that and we have got him back now for another year. Um, so that's, that's perfect, you know. There's not, not much else to say. Kevin Long was... Mm-hmm. He was shaky at first, but he was um, mm-hmm. he was obviously getting back to used to playing football again. And as soon as he has been playing again, he's been fantastic. I mean, the two goals he scored uh, away at um, Forest Green in the Cup and Rotherham at home, you know, those mm-hmm. performances were stand out. You know, they were fantastic. Um, yeah. But also as well, Ethan Laird, who was rumoured to be a loan signing at first, but we've got him on a permanent. So, yeah, state in our business, really. I mean, um, Sam, give us your lowdown on this again, because obviously you made the video on this. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think I think the Laird transfer is really positive. And um, again, I think it's one of them ones where it's a signing where we thought about how we're going to play next season and sign a player that is going to be comfortable playing in that way. So if you look at sort of the free at the back system, which I think we will play with if we have the personnel for, Led will be the right wing back and he's someone with you know bags of pace comfortable getting forward and um, I just think yeah this is a sign of sort of real intent that we're going to build for the future and get players that are like quite young sort of early 20s mid 20s and um, the fact that we can sign players permanent from Man United shows that you know we mean business because beforehand I think it's been you know free agents here and there loan players here and there but the fact we're actually buying players permanent from these top clubs that are still like sort of you know 21, 22 I just think it's a real positive sign and um, yeah reason to be optimistic 
No, yeah, of course. I mean, summed up perfectly. I think we did a podcast, Tommy, a few weeks ago before the window even opened. Uh, so it would have been about a month or two back now. And I remember we were saying at the time, the players we want Blues to get in over the summer are young players who maybe haven't broken through yet, but are showing a lot of potential. Um, and Ethan Laird is exactly that player. He epitomises the type of transfers I personally want to see, and I'm sure most Blues fans want to see as well. 21 years old, two years of championship football under his belt, obviously came up through the Man United Academy, I believe. And I think it's just such an exciting player. And I'm so surprised we've got him permanently. I'm, I'm amazed Man United didn't want to hold out for a couple more years. Because, I mean, if you're mm. playing two seasons of championship football before you hit 21, um, there's a chance your price tag is just going to continue going up. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's 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 a signing. I think Bielik is the most important so far, but the one I'm most excited for is is Ethan Laird. Mm. Yeah, I mean, where has he been before? So he's been at Swansea, has Swansea he? Blackburn was it as well? Let me have a look. Uh, so... so Swansea, Bournemouth, and QPR last season. Ah, I think that's okay. the championship teams he played for. Yeah. Yes. So... Yeah, because Robertson um, Laird would have had time together last season, wouldn't they? They would have. Yeah. 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 Mm. So it's another. Um, I suppose it's sort of bringing back players who obviously worked together mm. before. So it's it's working on relationships, it's working on um, team Definitely. moral, team morale, yeah. and everything. So it's it's smart yeah. business so far. You can't lie about it, really. Um, a couple exactly. of the rumored transfers that have come around recently. Uh, Chong to Luton was at the start of the transfer window. That's still going on. Um, I'm quite surprised by this sign, uh, this rumor at least, anyway, because obviously Luton are a Premier League club now. Um, but I'm not entirely sure what's really provoked them to go for him. Really, it's interesting, and mm. obviously we'll demand a higher price tag for him than we got him for, which is good mm. business again. Um, obviously the rumours about that, I'm more than happy for him to go if it means we're going to get three or four million for him. You know, that's good business on our end, um, as well as George Hall if he goes for a um, hefty amount in the end, which it was rumoured to at the start of the year, wasn't it, when he was. Is it Leeds or Watford? He was yeah, Leeds to fifth for like 15 yeah. million or something like that. I know, so. yeah. No, it's good business if we can get that done because that financial fair play, then it's just stricken from the list, really. It's like there's, they don't have to worry about it ever again. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, what's what's your takes on those two things then? So, um, yeah, what's that with Sam? Um, Chung to Luton and then George mm. Hall potentially leaving as well. Yeah, well, you're saying, Tommy, about sort of the reasons why, uh, why Luton may be interested in signing Teeth Chong. And I think, um, well, one of Chong's first games with Birmingham was the uh, 5-0 game at mm. Kenworth Road, where uh, Chong just completely destroyed Luton. And I think ever since then, it's someone that they must have had an eye on because um, that the way that he performed that day was just phenomenal. Mm. I think he was like sending field and he actually got applauded when he got subbed off by the Luton <laughs> fans. So I think it just goes to show like that Luton still sort of see Chong in high regard. And um, I'm actually a bit surprised that some of the reaction online to this uh, like transfer news because there are a lot of fans that are saying like about sort of Chong Parton and going, oh yeah, I suppose like we'll take the money or whatever. But then you also see fans that are saying that if we are sort of to go places, Chong is the type of player we want to keep hold of so we can progress up the league a bit more because he is one of our better players. But I can 100% see both sides of the story to it. And um, I think, yeah, if this money was to sort of be used to get other assets that we've had before, maybe, you know, you alluded to earlier about trusty if, if this money from chong goes towards getting trusty then i could see it as a positive piece of business but um mm. yeah i mean it remains to be seen sort of where this money's going to go but um yeah it's gonna be interesting to see where chong ends up but i do hope he stays at birmingham i, I, I do hope so um george hall i think you know he's, he's a fantastic young player he player that always seems to make an impact when he comes on you sort of look he's like electric pace and um someone that's just so direct and someone that we've been sort of crying out for for years we 
mentioned it earlier with like Robertson Yoshi, it's just that pace and energy that we need. And um, keeping hold of someone like Hall to sort of witness his progression in that and to be properly coached under sort of Birmingham, I think it's a real positive thing if we can keep hold of him. And um, mm. another player I'd like to see stay, but obviously knowing the financial fair play rules and what we've sort of got to get to, it's someone that, yeah, his future may be in doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean exactly. Yeah, it's mm, it's like you want to keep hold of them, but then again, you understand the financial situation. You think maybe the hands forced, so we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anything to add on to that, Zach? No, I think you've summed it up all perfectly. I, I have seen a lot of mixed opinions online. Somehow, it's probably a fifty-fifty split. Some mm. want Chong to go. Some want to keep Chong. And like you said, yeah, both sides are perfectly reasonable. If the right price comes in and the right offer, fair enough. Personally, I'd love us to keep Chong just because. Again, uh, he provides pace in a team that does lack pace and a bit of flair and skill. And he is that spark in, uh, down that left-hand side sometimes. And as a club, you don't want to be losing your best players too frequently, do you? So I'd love us to keep Chong. And George Hall as well, I think he's the most important youngster at the club currently. Um, mm. Was fantastic last season and showed he, he's got huge potential. Um, but as you say, the club could be forced into, into selling him should the right offer come in. You know, we know despite this takeover over the years, Blues haven't been the wealthiest of clubs. We've struggled financially for God knows how long now. So if the club are forced into having to sell him because the right offers come in and then, then fair enough, this isn't, you know, this isn't FIFA where you can just accept whatever and not think of the implications. You know, there's so much that goes into, into the business of a football club and all that sort of rubbish, which I'm not even going to bother getting into because I don't know half of what goes on. But <laughs> if if the right offer comes in and we've got to sell George Hall, fair enough. But obviously myself and I think all Blues fans out there would love him to love him to stay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's not like FIFA where you just save and exit and then just leave this exactly. and start another <laughs> exactly. career. Um, exactly. One thing, actually, though, uh, and I'm going to start this question off by the uh, the name that you love, Zach, uh, Manny Longello. Um, what a man. <laughs> do you think he's going to get used in the squad more? And what does the squad look like this season? I hope so. I hope Manny Longolo makes more more appearances this season because I think the few times he did play last season, he was quite impactful. His goal against QPR and obviously in the last 10 minutes against Swansea changed mm. the game, really. So... I'd love him to get more opportunity and play more in the squad because I always think it's important to give youngsters enough game time as well to help them improve and develop. I've seen a few things that seem to be suggesting that Eustace wants to stick with his back five this season, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But if it is true, um, I imagine that the, the two wing backs will be Ethan Laird and Manny Longolo. And I think what a fantastic back two that shows, you know, two youngsters, bit of pace about them. It, it just shows that we're a club now who aren't relying on the 30, 31, 32, 33-year-olds. We want to get in these young players. We want to give them the game time. We want them to progress as individuals and help the team progress as well. So I'd love if, if we see the back five, if you know, the team sheet comes out on day one, we see a back five with Longolo and Laird as full-backs, I'd be, I'd be over the moon with that. Uh, this is to both of you. Could we perhaps see a 4-3-3 this season? Ooh, 4-3-3. Um, it's... It's one of the ones where you look at the fullbacks we've got, like Longello and Laird. I think Laird, it remains to be seen sort of how comfortable he is in a four. But Longello in a four, I'm not entirely convinced, if I'm being honest. I think he'd probably work better in a three because of his ability going forward. You mentioned there, Zach, about his goal against QPR. And I think we've seen this season, uh, sorry, previous season, that um, Longello's been good at going forward. And I think that's his main strength. And obviously, 
if he's in a four, he has a bit less freedom to do so. So I think it all depends on the personnel we bring in. But um, I'd say a front three could work in a four-three-three of who we've got. But um, yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to the defence. Mm. Yeah, I know what you yeah. mean actually, because we have. What would the back four be like under this current team? It would be Laird and Longello at left uh, fullbacks. And then Longbottom and Roberts. Yeah. 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 It's not too bad, yeah, but know. I understand what you mean. His defensive duties are probably not mm. that great, is that Could be exposed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I, I've got to be honest, I, that, that back four for me would leak in goals. Uh, but mm. it's just, I think if we, if we want to utilize Laird and Longolo to the best of their abilities. I do think, as you said, Sam, they need to be used in the back five um, purely because yeah. they are two attacking players. And then I think those three centre-halves, uh, no no hate to Long there. I think I'm over the moon we've got him for another year. I think, as you said, Tommy, he had a shaky start, but certainly picked things up. Um, and I think Long with two decent centre-halves next to him and, and we've, got a, we've got a solid back line for the season. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, Sanderson and Trusty are also players that could potentially return. Um, Trusty is probably less likely than Sanderson. I mean, Sanderson is rumoured to be joining for, I think, 2.25 million, if I'm right. That's the asking price, price, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to get him for cheap, but if we do get him, it's another great addition. So, yeah, I mean, he he could obviously fit back into that back five. And then it's looking better. I mean, I think think if I'm being honest, I think the, the midfield looks its strongest. It has been for a while. Um, with Bielik back in the team and um, George Hall and everybody, um, Chong as well, and obviously Jordan James, who I'm a big fan of. He doesn't get played very often, but yeah, I feel like um, midfield probably is our strongest point this season. I'm not entirely sure what you two think. Remember that's um, mm, yeah, I I probably agree with that. So far, I still think we could do with another out and out striker joining the club, um, someone to accompany you know the two the two wingers. Um, or, or, or the striker that plays next to them. And yeah, defensively, we still need a few additions. We certainly need one or two more centre-halves, especially if we're playing a back five. Um, so yeah, midfield's our strongest point. Chang as well, of course. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think you're right in saying our midfield is pretty pretty much set. If we went into the season with the midfield we've got now, I think I'd be on the whole fairly fairly confident. Um, I think it's our defence and, and attack that, that still needs bolstering. Yeah, I think that's why the majority of them have been defensive and attacking-minded transfers, haven't they? It's like prepping, obviously, of course. Um, one last thing to talk about. Um, I suppose we could expand on this a little bit since Sam, you're the uh, new boy on the block. Um, we'll talk about some stadium repairs and then I suppose we'll talk about uh, first Blues games and everything and how did you get into the Blues and all that sort of yeah, stuff. So um, yeah. we'll have a quick talk about the stadium repairs. There's not too much to talk about other than the fact that Work is being done, so that's good. There's some progress. Some progress. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like it is, we don't know, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure what actually is going on at the moment. Obviously, they're digging up, but I'm not entirely sure how long that's going to take, or whether it's going to be done for the set deadlines or whatever. Um, but it looks okay. I mean, it's going to be odd when we go back for that first game, isn't it? When we've got pretty much just like this dirt hill just in front of us. It's going to look. <laughs> Odd, isn't it? It's like it's like going to one of those um when they like dirt bike events or whatever, and they go up these massive ramps and they do like backflips off it. It's like motocross it's like, or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's gonna be like it's not like having one round of those at the bottom of the stadium. It's like some <laughs> some cunt going up on the fucking ramp there. Just... <laughs> I don't. I don't. Like they'll put the flags. Football. 
I'd really hope they put the flags back up or something because that would look a mess. Imagine just a mud <laughs> hill surrounding your ground. That's not a good image, is it? I'm, I'm open. I reckon at that point they'd have put the flags back up or something because that yeah. that cannot. That, how tin pot would that look? You've got muddy <laughs> hills on the side of your ground. No, you can't be that. it looks like. Yeah, from, like I, I saw a video earlier actually. It look it looks like the grass has been put down. Uh, the new grass because I know that was mm. dug up. I think the pitch was dug up. Um, and it looks like I think uh, the the main stands got s- s- like the seats around yes. the right side was filled in. It looks like they've done the left side too, and are potentially moving on to the upper tiers. So things are happening finally. Whether they're done by the deadlines, who knows? But fingers crossed, they are. Yeah, it's a good start. Um, I mean, the new owners and new in- investors, I suppose they are at the moment. So not owners just yet. Um, have made a fantastic first impression. Um, obviously, going to the uh, the pubs around Birmingham. Uh, putting a grand behind the bar for people and everything, you know. Um, you know, I think the publicity has been less than it was in the last bid through uh, Richardson and Lopez, but I think that's for the better, actually. And in hindsight, obviously, it's a much better deal and much more uh, business-wise people involved, I reckon. Um, they obviously have got a plan for the club and everything, so they're going to make sure that it's going to be run properly. They've got the right people in. They've got people like Gary Cook, who we did a podcast before about, Um yeah, I feel like it just seems a little bit more stable for once in a while. I mean, that's a an odd feeling for a Blues fan at the moment. Just, we don't get that very often. Stable's not a word you necessarily associate with us, is no, it? No, not at all, no. Absolutely. Disjointed, yeah. It's like balancing a fucking Jenga tower on one block on the bottom. That's, that's how you yeah. would describe Blues at this yeah. current stage. But um, A few yeah, times it's, it's fallen down. But yeah, it's being picked back up now, yes. which is good. It's being rebuilt. <laughs> it's a wobbly game of Jenga at the moment, but it still yeah. is okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, Sam, what's uh, what, what got you into Blues? Because I've got to be honest, um, you don't sound like you're very much from Birmingham. <laughs> no, no. So I live in Hertfordshire, but um, my dad is a Birmingham fan, and all of his like side of the family are all from Birmingham. Mm. And um, yeah, he, he sort of moved down to this area when he was in his like uh, early twenties, but. Um, yeah, when I was growing up, didn't really have much of a choice who to support. My dad was like, take you to a Boeing game, sit you there, have a watch. And uh, <laughs> when when my first Boeing game was, it was um, 2009. So we were actually in the Premier League then. Mm. And um, my first game was uh, against Wigan. It was uh, 1-0 at St. Andrews and uh, oh, McFadden really? penalty wow. it was. Yeah, wow. yeah. Interestingly then, enough. That, that's um, where it peaked and then everything else. <laughs> yeah, God, much worse ever since. Yeah, literally. <laughs> We um interesting fact actually. Do you remember in that game because we won one nil, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the linesman getting knocked out? Really, you got knocked out. Do you remember it because it was in the far corner next to the tunnel, and there was a challenge. Yeah. And obviously, the linesman got hit by the corner flag, so it hit him in yeah. the face there. Do you do you remember that in the game? It, it was my first Birmingham game, so when I saw it, I was like, "Oh yeah, it's probably something normal that just happens here. Someone just gets yeah, knocked yeah. out, or whatever." You actually remember <laughs> but, it, though, um, the guy? Who actually... No, no, because I, oh. I was eight years old at the time, so it's, mm. it's like the the sort of memory is quite blurry for me. I do remember the penalty, but yeah, I yeah, James about the Madden Madden scores, yeah, yeah. The, the only the only reason I bring this up though is because um, years obviously now we live up north, so um, uh, my my dad moved up here, moved the family up here, obviously when he got a new job. But the the linesman who actually got knocked out worked at the place that we um, wow. worked at Cheshire Face. So it's like it was insane to actually meet him. It's just like that's yeah. you. 
You got locked out. You got locked out. I say you'll you'll um you'll come to learn, Sam, that Tommy's memory of previous games is ridiculous. I could ask him the score of Blues yeah, on the twenty fifth of January, like nineteen eighty two, and he'd know it. It's mental. I don't know how he does it, but he just remembers every little detail about Blues. So, if you is, ever, it, is this uh, like revisional? You just genuinely remember it, like. Of course not, man. I remember things. Like, I, I ain't got much else to remember, have I? <laughs> I've got much else on my mind at the moment. That's why I'm Just always please, like, oh, please, fucking please. hell, I forgot about this. <laughs> well, it's like a Birmingham player that like plays for another club. He's like, oh, yeah, he played for us like twice or something. I remember him. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, Really obscure players that pop yeah. up and you're like, oh, yeah, he played for Birmingham. I don't remember any of the important things in life. Like, uh, remember to lock in the, remember to lock the uh, front door in the middle of the night. It's like, fucking, mm. I forgot to do that. Right. <laughs> in there. Maybe, might need to sort your priorities and tell <laughs> Shit, and turn the gas off on the team. <laughs> the Blues won 2 0 10 years ago today, so it's calm. Yeah, yeah. It's just sat there thinking about it whilst the house is on fire. It's yeah. like, yeah, hmm, yeah, yeah, I remember that yeah. day. Something a bit smoky around here. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Interesting. I didn't know that actually. That was um yeah, I strange that is. Have you been to many away games before? Uh yeah, yeah. I mean I suppose I go to the ones that are like in and around London. So I've been like QPR away, mm. uh Millwall, Watford, sort of all the like the clubs around here when I sort of can get tickets from and um haven't seen much we're not like much. <laughs> my record is uh Two wins in the last fifteen Birmingham games I've been to, so uh, really hell. not good. God. Really bad. <laughs> that ain't great. That ain't great. <laughs> yeah, I, I was there for the West Brom game. I was there for the West Brom at home because um, oh, yeah. my dad's oh, side of yeah. the family are fifty-fifty, so they're either Birmingham or they're West mm. Brom. So every single oh, time okay. we play each other, we sort of meet up, and it was like for years and years. My uncle was just giving me stick about the fact that we hadn't beat West Brom in that because I think the last time we beat him prior to a couple of seasons back was um, two thousand seven. Yes. And uh, literally for all of that time, my uncle was just teasing me saying, no, you never beat the baggies. You never see us beat it. <laughs> and then it finally happened. And then it happened it again. Twice. And it happened again. And I was like, <laughs> brilliant. <Crazy. laughs> out, of, uh, out of pure interest, Tommy, West Brom 2007 score. You were five. So I'd be very impressed by this. I'm going to give it a Google. It was 2-0. Gary McSheffrey scored twice. What's wrong with you? <laughs> that, like, that, that's... Wow. You were five, mate. Yeah. I, I did go to Blues games at that time, you know. I can't remember what I had for dinner last night. <laughs> and you know, the West Brom Birmingham well, score in terms from 2007 of, when you were five. In terms of short-term memory, I'm not very great with. Long-term memory, I'm okay. I'm really good at it now. But short-term memory, I'm not great with. I can't really remember much from this season, like, for example. In 10 years' time, I definitely will be able to. But yeah, I don't know. And, yeah. you, and you gave me the goal scorer as well. Yeah, I remember yeah, them both. Go, he, he scores the first goal. It's a free kick and he hits it left-footed right into the far top corner. And then the second goal is literally towards the end of the game as well with like holding on for a 1-0 win. And he takes it round the player and he lifts it over the keeper. So, um, yeah. <laughs> just for just like share with you. Just, you got like a photographic game. memory or something or just you just remember the blue scores? I remember blues games really well. <laughs> I remember the away game as well because, interestingly enough, well, I do know this from revising, obviously. So, uh, Paul Robinson was uh, on the West Brom team that day. So, I was um, looking that up when we were obviously going to interview him. Um, He knocked out Damien Johnson and broke his jaw the game before. And then in the replay, um, in the the game away, uh, Damien Johnson scores and the commentator says that. So, I do remember that from that. So, um, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, obviously I do remember stuff from revising and editing, but I've got a good blues memory. I do. I can remember a lot of things. But uh, we've gone way off topic here. <laughs> we've gone massively <laughs> off topic. That's the theme of these. If, if we're not going off topic, something's wrong. I'm talking about Tommy's brain. <laughs> yeah, uh, did you go to many of the Carlin Cup games, interestingly enough? Uh, uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I was at the um, quarterfinal against Villa. Obviously, yeah. you know, the... Oh, that that is one of my favourite games. I um, it forever will be. Right, um, Semi final against West Ham. Um, oh, so I was um, sort of upper end of the Tilton there um, for the game against uh, yeah the game That's against the Villa and then it, yeah yeah and then uh, semi final against West Ham second leg I was there. Um, that was just yeah absolute pandemonium. Just you saw like the complete sort of shift in momentum in that game. Yeah, and um, it looked like we were sort of down and out, but then you know one goal went in and then another, and then get the goal and one in extra time, and yeah, the the, the tide just completely shifted. And then I was, was at the uh, final as well, which will forever. Be oh, wicked! Yeah, Sam, yeah uh... I'll, I'll sort of right at the front <laughs> of the middle, and um, when Martin scored, the uh, BBC camera was panning round. And um, me and my brother are actually on it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm have so, to look um, for YouTube now. <laughs> yeah, so literally, like, Martin scores the goal and, like, the camera pans round and, um, like, my dad's hoisting up my brother and then some random guys hoisting me up and it just, like, pans round and just the both of us there. And, uh, yeah, that is, you know, my favourite game and forever will be. I'm going to have to try and find that now. If I could... Yeah. I, if, you, if, oh, if you could try and find it for me, because I love, I love stuff like that, because I wasn't on the camera yeah. I was too high up in the stadium. Um yeah. Also, as well, I should just point out, Sam, that uh, Zach didn't go to any of the games, and is very jealous because of uh, his... <laughs> yeah. I start. Yeah. I didn't start sporting blues till fairly late. It was t- uh, 2014, my first season following the blues properly. I mean, I, w- I watched the Carling Cup games from home because obviously my dad supported him, but yeah, never at the game. So I have not experienced a single good blues moment, basically, mate. So I'm just 2014. Uh, it's because it gets as the uh, last day survivals, isn't it? And then, I mean, that's like just a yeah. complete I know, nerve shredding. I know. Well done. Yeah. We Sam sits at home. It, so. Zach sits at home with that, ga- with that game on his uh, laptop and he starts celebrating with it. So he's just like, he's like so I was there, like I can remember it. Yeah, <laughs> acting like I was there. Uh, no, I, I was always a football fan, but just never really followed the team. I am, and yeah, for whatever reason, the 2014 season, I started following them. And yeah, but shame it was the season. I'm going to start supporting football. Yeah, yeah some know, year. Right. <laughs> Uh, well, I know. I think it's you know. I actually don't even know. If you ask me how I got into Blues, I don't think I'd know because I, I just remember the 2014 season. I thought, yeah, I'm going to watch every game now. Really follow them. Nothing sort of happened. I think cause my dad did. I sort of just joined in, and then yeah, yeah there you go. Because as a kid, like I was always like your mates support like Manura. I just wasn't interested, and then yeah, nah, 2014. But, no, it was interesting. It was that boring to support Man United and teams like that. I know, just, mate. I know. I know. Yeah, life, honestly. But, yeah, so I suppose like where you are, Tommy, like sort of in Birmingham, what's the proportion of like fans of top six clubs to like clubs that are local? What sort of oh. like, proportion of it? Well, obviously, when I did live in Birmingham, obviously it was just massively mm. Man United fans. Yeah. United and Villa, yeah. that's was always it? the ones. Yeah, always. I mean, particularly when I was a kid, I don't know how different it is now, but obviously I don't live in Birmingham now. But yeah, he just, it was always United fans, always United and Villa fans. This as well though that like whoever the best team was that season was the most popular team in Birmingham pretty much you know if Chelsea won the yeah. league that season the most attractive would be Chelsea. Um, obviously, mm. I think the majority of the city obviously do support the Villa because they're the most successful anyway. Um, in, in 
in reality, the most supported team in the city should be the team that is the big the team in the cities, the Blues, obviously. Um, mm. But yeah, it's just not the case. I mean, like it might have changed now. Obviously, it might be more City fans or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was always United and Villa for me whenever I was in school. But I've always been a Blues fan. I've always been suffering away. And um, <laughs> rather interestingly, when we won the Cartling Cup, the day after, obviously, because it was a Sunday. Or it was it a Saturday? I can't remember. No, I think it was Sunday. Sunday, um, yeah. But the Monday back, um, I was quite keen to uh, getting stuck into some Villa fans at school and just started rubbing it in their faces and everything. And um, yeah, they, they claimed that the school had a power outage which was a complete load of bollocks because we were oh, back in on the stop. next day. So I was just like, oh, you absolute wankers on the screen. It's like, <laughs> nothing different. with like, was, When the Villa made the cup final the season before, had they won it, I guarantee the school would have been open. It'd probably been open earlier. That Extended hours. Open yeah. top bus or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's watch the highlights. What's your homework today? Admire Aston Villa, how great they are. It's just fuck off, go away. <laughs> as soon as we win a cup, though, it's just like, oh, school's off. Yeah. Oh, school's what what can we do? Forever. Yeah. Yeah, in the next day, and you're good. Yeah, well, it wasn't the same then, though. It was just, it was, <laughs> the, the emotions were raw the next day, it wasn't the same <laughs> on this Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, because anyway. um, where I live, it's like majority sort of um Tottenham fans, that's like the mm. club that a lot of people support, and that. And um, the season, obviously, like where we won the league cup, I was in school as, as you were, Tommy, just sort of like rubbing it in with everybody going, like, Oh, yeah, my team's won something, look at us. And then on the final day of that season, we get relegated against who? At Spurs, yeah, so honestly. Spurs are the ones, honestly, circle, man. Really. Like, we, we did them a favour by stopping Arsenal winning the League Cup. And what do they go <laughs> They go and relegate us on the last day of the season. The bastards, honestly. Mm. They, I still get people saying that Pavichenko jokes. <laughs> yeah, that literally. name, obviously, that name. I think the worst for Pavlachenko is the fact we nearly signed him the season before. It would have been like, yeah, those goals would have been for us had we fucking signed him the season before. But yeah, I'm not going to get stuck down the slope in 2011. <laughs> There's too many things that just going to make me upset. Yeah, I think that we've covered pretty much everything on this podcast. It's a good first podcast debut, uh, good debut podcast there, Sam. You've absolutely smashed it, mate. Yeah, thank um, you. Really have enjoyed you done it. with the uh, have you, mate. videos. It's going to be great having you on the channel for uh, the however long we can have you for um but yeah it's been wicked guys um what the hell do i say my outros i've completely forgotten uh thanks for watching and that up the blues and that <laughs> jamie's normally really falling the... asleep or something <laughs> jamie's usually See when the takeover's done <laughs> yeah yeah jamie's usually sorting something out in his kitchen his dogs usually knock something over yeah or he's having a flag um yeah. what else is he usually doing um, he's always moaning about something isn't yeah he? he does like to moan <laughs> this yeah. yeah but anyway thank you for watching this episode of the Blues Focus podcast it's Sorry, good to Jamie. be back guys yeah <laughs> um, be sure to follow the guys on the uh, links on the screen right now and also follow us on the links uh, at the link uh, on the screen as well I, I will be back to my normal self um, which I don't know how different it is from this normal self actually so um <laughs> Well, whenever we'll see you again, because we don't have like a proper schedule at the moment either, because obviously next week we won't be able to do this because I'll be in Spain. Um, so I'll be looking forward to that, though. Um, there will be a vlog hopefully every day there. Um, last time I'd sort of compiled it into one video. Um, I'll try and do it over the three days this time so you get more of uh, insights on what's actually happening there, um, because it was just a fraction of what happened last time. Um, so, yeah, it should be good that. Um, 
be sure to like and subscribe and be sure to follow us on the links on the screen right now. Uh, you can also follow us and listen to this podcast through the Sports Social Network on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening and keep right on. Keep right on. Sports Social Podcast Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.